1: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: Three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Lift off. We have a lift
1: Why, hello there. It's Eric Erickson here. News 95.5 AM 750 WSB, the full number, 404 872 750 wsb talk yes I was gone yesterday I, I was uh man it was I, it was gross let's not even get into it I was sick 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 um, much doing doing much better now let's get it speaking of being sick let's talk about the health care plan that the Republicans are maybe considering they met with the president earlier today at the White House uh, they are uh, well they're trying to they're trying to come up with a plan, and I think at this point we should just say it's all for show. I don't know that they're going to get anything passed, and I don't think Mitch McConnell really wants to get anything passed. And that's something I, I think that you, you, people don't really appreciate this. One in five people in Kentucky have Medicaid right now. See, Kentucky, that's where Mitch McConnell is a senator. Kentucky expanded Obamacare. So, if Mitch McConnell were to get rid of Obamacare, he could potentially be hurting residents of Kentucky, and he's not going to do that because he wants to get reelected. Mitch McConnell never does what's in anyone's interest other than himself, and if it's not in his personal interest to do this, he's not going to do it. and He's going to blame conservatives, and that's what's happening right now. He's trying to blame Mike Lee and Rand Paul and Ted Cruz. Well, all they wanted was one amendment, and it was an amendment that Mitch McConnell himself said he was okay with. It was the Cruz Amendment to allow people to buy cheaper plans than the Obamacare plan. But what's going on here is that we're seeing it's really the conservative or the the liberal Republicans, the centrists, as they call them. There's no such thing as a centrist Republican. They're liberals. They support Planned Parenthood, they're pro abortion. They're for bigger government. They're okay with gay marriage. They're okay with with cutting the defense budget as long as they can expand welfare in the country. These are liberals. They just happen to have an R next to their name. They are liberal Republicans. Susan Collins, Lisa Murkowski, you name it. And they don't really want Obamacare repealed. They don't even want it curtailed. See, when they thought that Donald Trump Wasn't going to be president. It was really easy for them to go out in a Republican state and tell the voters what they wanted to hear. Yes, by God, we're going to repeal Obamacare, but Hillary's going to be president. There's nothing we can really do because Hillary's going to be president. They they left off that. They just whispered it under their breath that Hillary was going to be president, so they could say, "By God, we're going to repeal Obamacare." And then suddenly, guess what? Donald Trump got elected. (gasps) Oh, holy moly, they are going to be held accountable now. They they put up or shut up. Well, in 2015, they were willing to do a repeal bill that didn't even really repeal it, but at least it, it made a solid attempt at walking back much of Obamacare. They were all fine with it then. The only one who wasn't then was Susan Collins, which is what we should expect. She's a liberal from Maine. But the rest of them were okay with it. And then you get to 2017 and, oh, my stars and garters, we we can't do that anymore. The thing that was fine in 2015, suddenly it's anathema. We we cannot do it. They're being exposed here. And the president aims to expose them for their hypocrisy. The president aims to show that these guys aren't really serious. This is the president meeting with Republicans earlier today at the White House. Seven
2: years you had... An easy route. We'll repeal, we'll replace, and he's never going to sign it. But I'm signing it. So it's a little bit different. But I'm ready to act. For seven years, you promised the American people that you would repeal Obamacare. People are hurting. Inaction is not an option. And frankly, I don't think we should leave town unless we have a health insurance plan, unless we can give our people great health because we're close. We're very close. The other night I was very surprised when I heard a couple of my friends, my friends, they really were and friends. are. They might not be very much longer, but that's okay. <laughs> I think I have to get that's them back. That's right. I, I, I just, I just, well, no, you didn't go out there. This was the one we were worried about. You weren't there, but you're going to be, you're going to be. Look, he wants to remain a senator, doesn't he? Okay. And I think the people of your state, which I know very well, I think they're going to appreciate what you hopefully will do. Any senator who votes against starting debate is really telling America that you're fine with Obamacare. But being fine with Obamacare isn't an option for another reason, because it's gone. It's failed. It's not going to be around.
1: Good for him. Marco Rubio and Ted Cruz weighed in on this as well after the meeting with the president. Here's what they had to say. If we fail, I imagine there will be consequences uh, for those who have mm-hmm. impeded its progress. But we have some time to get this right, and I'm still generally confident that we
0: will. For seven years, Republicans have told the voters, if you elect us, we'll repeal Obamacare. I, I think we will look like fools if we can't deliver on that promise.
1: Exactly. And the problem right now is Mitch McConnell. Republicans need to get rid of Mitch McConnell. And, you know, I've never been a Mitch McConnell fan. I've always been a proponent of finding someone to, to beat him. I supported Matt Bevan when he ran against Mitch McConnell for the Senate several years ago. I, I think McConnell only does what's in his self-interest. He doesn't do what's good for the party as a whole. Uh, but right now, we, we're at a point where you've got Republican moderates and liberals in the Senate and Republican conservatives in the Senate, all of them Saying McConnell is not being an honest broker here. You see, what happened and the reason that this failed ultimately is because Mitch McConnell allowed the Ted Cruz Amendment to go into effect. It scaled back Medicaid cuts and it allowed people to buy cheaper plans than the Obamacare plan in their state. And then McConnell went to the liberal Republican senators and said, listen, I know that we put this in the legislation, but it's never going to go into effect. We're going to, we're going to set it so it doesn't go into effect until 2024, and by then, it, it's not going to go into effect." Well, that was dishonest. And Ron Johnson, who's not the most conservative guy, but a fairly conservative guy, senator from Wisconsin, he came out and said, this is a breach of trust. He's been telling us we're going to do this and this is the way we're going to do it. And now he's going behind our backs and saying, well, don't worry, you can vote for this. And it's really not going to go into effect. Well, meanwhile, you've got the liberal Republican senators who they don't want to do anything that might suggest that Obamacare could be repealed. You know, the easiest, most logical thing to do here is pretty straightforward. Repeal Obamacare now. Repeal it. And then spend August, September, October, November, December, Coming up with a new plan. Get the Democrats to the table. But if everyone knows this is going away on January 1st, they'll want to come to the table. They'll want to come up with a new plan. And you and I may not like what they come up with. I mean, that, that's one thing we should be concerned with. But we don't like what we've got now. So we're not out of anything. But with Republicans in charge and bringing Democrats to the table, I bet you we'll get closer to what you and I want. But they don't even have the votes to do a regular repeal and see this is where push comes to shove in the republican conference is all of these people have campaigned for seven years now on repealing obamacare and you can't even get 50 votes to do it don't tell me it's the filibuster don't tell me the filibuster's to blame you can't get 50 republicans to agree Forget the 60 that are required for the filibuster. You've got 52 Republicans in the Senate, all of whom have said they want to repeal Obamacare, and you can't get that number to actually repeal Obamacare. You've been lied to by Republicans in Washington. You've been lied all along, and to some degree, it's really refreshing now to see these people exposed for the liars they've always been, and you just never knew they were. It is 26 after the hour. I am Eric Erickson. This is WSB and Atlanta's Evening News. The phone number is 404-872-0750. 1-800-WSB-TALK. As an aside, just completely randomly, when we come back, by the way, I I will get into uh, the rest of the news of the day, including what the president has just done in the last little while in Syria. Very big news, what he's just done in Syria, but... I agree with those of you in Cobb County who are very upset that your kids are starting back to school early. Christy and I have been talking about this with our kids. What the hell happened to summer vacation? I mean, sorry to put it that way, but I mean, come on. What happened to having that much time off? And I realize you've got all these little Poindexter academics who've screwed up academia forever and introduced Common Core and are rotting your kids' brains with garbage. And they somehow think that you need to have like a month off for summer vacation, then have vacation spread out throughout the year. And guess what? Graduation rates and literacy rates aren't improving anyway. But, I mean, they've largely denied us our summer vacation. Usually we're ready to get the kids out of the house and back to school. And right now we're thinking we haven't even had summer vacation yet. Absolute garbage. It is 39 after the hour, I'm Eric Erickson, the phone number here, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. I'll get the phone calls here in just a minute, but first, the president has made a really big decision in Syria. Um, a reversal, of course, from one of the much-ado-about-nothing Obama decisions, the president announcing this evening he is no longer going to be arming uh, the Syrian rebels who have been fighting uh, the Assad regime. Now, interestingly enough, it's it's so funny how the media portrays this. The media is saying that, uh, well, this is exactly what Vladimir Putin wanted. He's just giving the Russians what they want, which is Utter BS to the extent that they're portraying it as Vladimir Putin must have put him up to this. No, you know, the, the military chiefs had largely come to the conclusion that this wasn't working. Remember, the Obama administration decided they were going to arm the rebels who were fighting Bashar al Assad, the dictator in Syria. And Most of them wound up fighting each other. Some of them were handing our armaments off to ISIS, and it wasn't doing any good. I mean, they weren't very effective. Even Barack Obama himself, having been the one to come up with the idea gave a State of the Union speech where he was blasting the Syrian rebels for their uh, amateurishness. They they were all part-time soldiers, full-time doctors, lawyers, school teachers, whatever. Remember, he was quite critical of them. So President Trump has decided to stop it. Now, this doesn't mean we're giving up in Syria. We are continuing to fight ISIS. The Department of Defense's operations in Syria and Iraq are ongoing. But this side program from Barack Obama to arm a bunch of rebels who were then giving our weapons to ISIS, we're stopping. And yes, Russia has suggested we stop it. I am not a Russia fan. I think this administration coddles Russia too much, but I don't have a problem with us doing this. It wasn't working. It wasn't doing any good to help anybody in Syria. I mean, even the rebels were turning on each other and killing each other. They, they weren't really effective with our weapons. So let's let the professionals do it instead of arming these rebels. And I got to tell you, there's, there's no easy way out of the Syrian situation. Um, the Obama administration screwed it up so bad. And now, of course, all the left wants to blame Donald Trump for it. It's the Obama administration that did this. Remember, they drew repeated red lines. And then let Assad cross them repeatedly. So Assad knew he could get away with anything. He knew he could get away with the chemical weapons against his people. He knew he could get away with only handing over some and not all of the chemical weapons. He knew all of these things. And he still did them he did them because he knew he could get away with it. Because Barack Obama had no intention of enforcing any red line he drew. And this is leaving it for President Trump to clean up the mess. You know, for all the people giving the president a hard time over his foreign policy, the truth of the matter is, whether you want to admit it or not, the last four years of the Obama administration were a disaster for our foreign policy. From Iran to Venezuela to China to Russia to Eastern Europe to Western Europe to Africa to the The Middle East, places are in chaos, and they're not in chaos because Donald Trump got elected. They were in chaos before Donald Trump even got elected, and they've only descended further into chaos. And he now is trying to clean up the mess. And by the way, the Senate will not approve his nominees for various key positions in the government to help focus on cleaning up those messes. So don't be throwing the president under the bus for this one. Whether you like him or not, the truth of the matter is that this is all a disaster from the Obama days that he's now having to clean up. Now let's go to the phones. 404-872-0750 1-800-WSB Talk. Uh, Lee in Atlanta, you are up first tonight. Welcome.
2: Hey, thank you, Eric. Um, thanks for taking my call. Sure. I really, I, I really don't want a lot. I just want the same health care plan that our representatives and senators um and all the legislators in Congress have themselves and I wanna <laughs> have the choice that they have between those fifty plus gold plans.
1: Yeah, That's you know all I want wouldn't and I, it be and nice. I'm, I'm so
2: irritated at subsidizing them
1: and I wish that would be exposed. Well, you know, here's the interesting thing, is they don't even let most of their staff have those special plans anymore. The congressmen get it, and senior committee staff get it now. But the rest of them, like, for example, I've got a friend of mine who worked for a think tank and his daughter has cerebral palsy, and he was asked to go back and work for a member of Congress. But because he would have to be on the Obamacare plan, even though the member of Congress he would work for gets the fancy plan, he couldn't go uh, because of what would happen with his daughter. Uh, Yes, I completely agree with you. I, I think we all deserve what Congress has or Congress should get what we have. But it was Barack Obama himself by executive order who exempted congressmen from Obamacare. I personally think that if Donald Trump really wanted to speed things along, he would revoke that exemption. Marty and Jefferson, you're next. Welcome. Hey, how
2: you doing, Eric? Good. How are you? Uh, okay. The question I have is, okay, today I heard about the CBO coming out with the repeal plan, and we're measuring how much it will cost and so forth, but yet we're not going to the Obama plan is in effect in which a lot of insurance companies are not funding so how can you compare apples and apples how can you say to me you're going to lose this many people on insurance when we know
1: that we're losing people on Obamacare. Right. See, I, I don't think you can, and I'm glad you raised this point, Marty, because I think that the CBO scores utter nonsense. What they are looking at is people who don't want Obamacare. In many cases, they were forced into Obamacare. They had good insurance beforehand, and now they're saying they're going to lose insurance. They already lost the insurance they wanted, and the CBO is scoring against them, saying that they're going to be a victim by this Republican plan when it's absolute nonsense. These people didn't want to be on Obamacare in the first place. The CBO scores, by the way, you should know, are wrong all the time. They've never had an accurate score. I just, I, I, think that Congress would be wise to just scrap the CBO. It has largely become stacked with Democratic operatives who intentionally inflate scores to make the Republicans look bad. They might as well go on and get rid of it, save the taxpayers some money. It's 55 after the hour, radar, believe it or not, clear today. My goodness gracious. I have gotten, I I just checked in on Twitter and email and have a bunch of people emailing, also sharing my complaint about the school season starting so soon. Uh, in Sumble Cherokee County, starting August 1st, uh, what, Cobb, July 31st? It's just kind of ridiculous. Uh, and, and listen, I, I realize there's this prevailing wit and wisdom in academia these days that summer vacation existed so that the kids could help on the farm and whatnot, and we don't have to do that anymore. But generationally, we've almost been programmed to have a, a large summer vacation, and people plan their family trips during the summer and whatnot. And now we're having a month and a half of summer vacation, a week for Columbus Day, a week for Thanksgiving, two weeks for Christmas, a week for for Easter, and on and on and on. It just—I I mean, part of me likes having that extended period of time for those, but I would much rather, particularly now. And, and, you know, part of it with my situation now is personal as well with Christy's health and situation and just wanting to, to spend more time with the kids. Normally, we're at the point where we're ready to get them out of the house. We're ready to send them back to school. We're ready to go to school before school even starts. But we're not even at that point yet. And we're already having to buy school supplies and get back in gear. And we've still got a couple of weeks left. But ugh, I just like more time to take one last trip before summer vacation ends. And. Time is running out. I don't like that. It's 10 After the Hour. I'm Eric Erickson. This is WSB, the phone number 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. This Manafort, Donald Trump Jr. news that they're going to testify before the Senate Judiciary Committee next week. Let me just incorporate that into what I was already going to talk about because it's relevant to it. It's only been six months Since Donald Trump became President of the United States, six months tomorrow, Donald Trump became President of the United States, January 20th. And I'm exhausted. You know, I do this for a living so that you don't have to. I keep up with the news, relay the news to you, analyze the news, talk to people on background develop sources, talk to sources, pay attention to the news, and then deliver it to you in the evening uh, on your way home or wherever you may be so that you can stay as informed as possible, be the opinion leaders and thought leaders in your neighborhood, keep you entertained on your way home. And I am exhausted doing it. And I can only imagine... That Those of you who aren't political animals, who don't engage on a regular basis like I do, what you must be thinking, it can be overwhelming right now. We are six months in, and it feels like an eternity. People bickering with each other, former friends at each other's throats. And then on social media, you know, i got to remind myself on occasion that only 25% of the people in America use Twitter, because Twitter brings out the worst of us. And I say this from personal experience as well. Twitter brings out the worst in everyone, myself included. And, you know, there's that story in the Bible where Jesus cast the, the demon out of the man and asked the demon his name and it said, we are a legion for we are many. And so he put legion in a herd of pigs which ran down the hill and drowned. What the Bible leaves out is that after the pigs drowned then the demons came out of the pigs, they all got Twitter accounts. I mean, that's what social media is today. If, if, you, want to, if you want proof that evil is real and, and Satan is real and there is a hell and there are demons, just get a Twitter account and observe it is exhausting. You say something nice about the president, people who hate him tell you you've sold out. You say something critical of the president, the people who like him call you and tell you you've never gotten over the election. Uh, You try to call balls and strikes, and, and I mean, you're pilloried from both sides. And the president himself, I mean, we've reached this new normal, I guess, but does it even matter? I mean, you got the president's tirades on Twitter. You've got the unforced errors from his administration. I mean, really, Donald Trump Jr., you let the media release all eight names. You did this feigned spectacle of disclosure and transparency that here's the emails from the meetings, and then you didn't bother to tell anybody a spy was in the meeting. And, oh, once you did tell them there was a spy and there were five people, it turned out to actually be eight people. What are you hiding? Nothing. I don't think you're hiding anything. I think you're an idiot. You should have just released it all. You've let the media go into feeding frenzy. Now you're going to have to testify before a bunch of TV cameras in the Senate Judiciary Committee because you did something stupid. And this is six months in. We're not. I mean, a year from now, we won't even be to the midterm election. It's exhausting. It is. I I mean, I, I feel sorry for people who feel like they have an obligation to keep up with the news and they're just it's becoming mind-numbing to try to keep up with the flow of things and i don't think it matters all of the 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 hue and the cry and the arguing and the yelling i don't think it matters the wall street journal highlighted a poll today that in the counties president trump won he's still winning in other words, if the election were held today for president, Donald Trump would probably be elected president again. Think about that for a minute. I mean, all you hear in the media is that he's deeply unpopular, that his negatives are going up, that, that uh, people don't like him. He would win all of the counties he won. He would probably win the presidency again. Hillary Clinton is more unpopular than Donald Trump is. So I don't think it matters. It matters. And a lot of this, I think, is more base mobilization. Democrats are sore losers. They didn't think that they would lose, and they lost. They've now spent seven, eight months trying to come up with reasons for why they lost, other than admitting that Hillary Clinton was a garbage candidate who ran a garbage campaign. The best they can do is Russia— Donald Trump Jr. played in their hands with the stupid meeting, and I still think that the Democratic Opposition Group Fusion GPS must have known about the meeting. But nothing's changed. I mean, the Republicans are in charge, yes, but Obamacare is still the law of the land. It doesn't look like the Republicans are going to get their acting gear for that. And we're six months in. I don't think this pace is sustainable. And what's happening now, according to the same polling that shows Donald Trump winning those counties, according to the same polling, Republicans are more energized to vote in 2018 than Democrats. Yeah, I didn't think that was the case, but it is. And here's the other thing, I, and i got to say this, uh, is, it was, uh, with a level of self-reflection here, is I got the election in 2000, uh, 2016 wrong. I mean, I, like so many others, didn't think he would win. And in fact, he did lose the majority vote. He, he did lose the popular vote. The polling did turn out to be right, but he still won. I, like so many others, didn't see it coming. And so, i gotta, I got to say, I, I think that it, there's a level of self-reflection and humility that, uh, having gotten it wrong, that a lot of other people who got it wrong have not figured out they need to possess when they look at these polls that, that say that people don't really care, it hasn't really affected people, it hasn't changed people's minds in counties that Donald Trump won. They should look at these polls and then they should say, are we really going to have a Democratic landslide next year? Really? Republicans are more energized right now. The president's holding his own in these counties. How do we know for certain? Because it seems to me we're in a new normal. And you used to be able to say, well, in off your elections, the party out of power does amazingly well. And that should be true. But is it going to be true this time? I don't know. What I do know is that there's a concerted effort by the left to shame you if you disagree with them. And that is essentially how they think they're going to take back power. Is they're going to shut you up and they're going to shame you. They're going to silence you. They're going to bully you and badger you until you wash your hands of it and walk away. See, the left has given up on persuading you because the left has decided that you're a bunch of hateful homophobic bigots. So what they're going to do is they're just going to try to overwhelm you. They're going to exhaust you. They're going to try to burn you out, hoping that it'll be their voters who show up. I think they're actually going to burn out their own voters. I mean look at the look at the 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 voter um, the 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 voter thing that uh, the president's doing where they want to examine vote fraud and voter integrity they, they've got this panel they've put together the vice president is chairing and you've actually got people going out there and and getting rid of their voter registration cards because they're scared the president will have their information. I mean, this is a product of fear built by the left. Their own voters are going out and saying, you know what, I'm not going to vote anymore because I don't want this guy to have my information. How does this fear that the left is circulating about the president, that's not even true, work in their favor? I don't think it does. And I really think we're rapidly getting to the point where a bunch of people are going to be very, very angry, and they're not going to be angry at the president. They're going to be angry at the people who are yelling at them, calling them bigots and racists. are going to be angry at the people who, instead of trying to get them back to work or trying to put boys in their daughters' bathrooms, I think that's where the anger is going to go. The people who are nonstop perpetuating politics and everything, whether it's sports, entertainment, you name it, the politics everywhere people, they're the ones who are going to be burned by the voters not the president. People are tired of this crap. They just want to be left alone. They want to be able to tune out. They want to be able to watch a football game without in-your-face ESPN politics being involved. And the left will not give them that respite. And I think that works against the left, not against the president when it comes to next year. 26 after the hour. Have any of you guys seen Baby Driver yet? I'm I'm thinking of sneaking off to go see that tonight. Um, it's the movie that was filmed in Atlanta, and I I have I, I've said I guess two weeks ago I said I intended to go see it, and I haven't had a chance to see it. Uh, the boy and I went to see Spider Man, and then Dunkirk comes out uh, tomorrow night. I am going to see Dunkirk after this show. Now, for those of you, I I assume you know I I shouldn't make these assumptions. That those of you who listen to this program, well, I mean, you're smarter than your average person, so you probably do know what Dunkirk is. It is the British evacuation from continental Europe during World War II. They essentially were on a beach where, if it was really clear, you could almost see Britain. And they were stranded, the Germans moving in on them. It was a massive retreat. And they had to send over to rescue the sailors because you couldn't get in large ships. They had to send fishermen. And essentially, the British rounded up all of their fishermen and sent them across the English Channel to Dunkirk to rescue. The British soldiers who were stranded on the beach as the Germans were trying to kill them, and it was a massive military success in retreat. It really has shaped the British conscience. And Christopher Nolan, who is one of my favorite directors, has released Dunkirk. People are already talking about it as Oscar-worthy. He's a brilliant. He's the guy who did The Dark Knight, uh, Inception, Memento brilliant director who knows how to interweave disconnected timelines into one. I am really excited to go see this tomorrow. When we come back, more on this testimony before Congress next week. 39 after the hour, Eric Erickson here, the phone number, 404-872-0750-1800, WSB-TALK. Glad to have you with me this evening, the last half hour. You know, I see that Aaron Blake over the Washington Post also has this polling date. I was mentioning earlier, the Washington Post-ABC News poll. I guess this isn't the Wall Street Journal poll, it's the um, WAPO poll which shows largely the same thing, that registered voters say they want Democrats to control Congress to be a check on the president. But it also shows Democrats are less enthusiastic about voting than Republicans are. 65% of Republicans say they're almost certain to vote, only 57% of Democrats are. Well, it seems to me that there is a self-fulfilling prophecy here when Democrats say that The Trump administration wants your voter registration file to target you and harass you. You're going to have a bunch of paranoid liberals go out and cancel their voter registration card. They're not going to go vote because they're afraid they'll be harassed. Um, We're in crazy town right now, politically, it seems like and that's working to Republican advantage. I mean, the odds are still, just historically, the odds are Democrats are able to take back the House, probably not the Senate, actually. Even James Carville is out saying they probably can't take back the Senate just because there are so many Democrats who will be on defense in the Senate, particularly with the repeal of Obamacare issue. Um, But the House is another story. Maybe they will, maybe they won't. I have no idea. The fact that Democrats are not enthusiastic about the election, though, should be a warning sign, particularly as Democrats try to keep people enraged about the president. I have said for the longest time, if you were a longtime listener to this program, you know, in, in fact, I, I got to tell you, I was at, where was I? Um, gosh, I cannot remember. I was somewhere and somebody came up to me and just said, you know, like you always say, events change things. And I do always say events change things you never know what can happen between now and next November. Again, we're only six months into this presidency. Things can change. Things probably will change. But historically, you can expect Democrats to make gains in the House of Representatives and at the state and local level, historically. But you know, there have been opportunities for this history to not pan out. For example, two thousand two. Where Republicans controlled the White House, remember two years after a very contentious election where the president of the United States lost the popular vote but became president, and Democrats claimed the election had been stolen, the Republicans picked up seats in 2002. Now, it was after 9-11. But, you know, I mean, knock on wood, let's hope this doesn't happen, but something bad could happen. And the president would have a plausible case if it were to happen in the next couple of months to to blame the prior administration i mean look at what has happened in the world since barack obama left this has nothing to do with president trump the collapse of the western order was by design orchestrated by the obama administration Which largely decided that the United States was just one of 190 some odd countries, none were better or worse than the others, that we had no manifest destiny, that we were not providential, that there was no reason for the United States other than land and people. And that we should not exercise any sort of superior position in the world than anyone else. And the result of this is all these people saying Donald Trump is showing we're abdicating our position in the world. No, Barack Obama showed we were abdicating our position in the world. And they see it all going to hell in a handbasket and they're trying to blame Donald Trump so people don't blame Barack Obama. But this is all the consequence of Barack Obama's failed foreign policy for four years. Don't forget that. Let's go back to the phones. Dustin in Atlanta, you're next. Welcome. Uh, yes, I had a question for you, Eric. And first of all, I'd like to say thank you for all that you do. I really appreciate your show. And, uh, you know, in the uh, theme of all the negativity, it's, it's really nice to hear the positive sometimes. So I, I appreciate all that you do. Thank you. Uh, my question for you is, what, what is the theory behind why the Democrats may take control of one house and not the other? Why, why such the difference, and why would it be the same for both Houses? Oh, that's a really good question, Destin. Um You know, it's really hard if a party wins the Senate to not also win the House, but it is is very easy to win the House and not win the Senate. And the reason being in this case, for example, is you've only got one-third of the Senate that's up for election when you've got the entire House up for election. And the seats that are up for election of the Senate, 33, 34 seats, the overwhelming number of them are are Democrat seats, some of them in Republican areas. You actually have more Republican swing districts at play in the House than you do in the Senate. Um, you've got you've, the Democrats only need 23 now seats in the House of Representatives to get a majority. Now, granted, they only need to pick up five in the Senate to take that majority, but they're they're playing on defense in the Senate, and they're not playing defense in the House because of the geography involved in the races in the Senate this year. Um, in two years, they'll be playing on offense because you'll have many more Republicans up for election than Democrats. But right now, the overwhelming majority of people up for re-election, in the Senate are Democrats, and the Republicans who are up for re-election are some of the most solid Republican seats. I mean, you're talking about Ted Cruz, for example, in Texas up next year. The odds of a Democrat taking Texas are slim to none, but the odds of a Democrat taking a swing district in Texas are pretty good. Does that make sense?
2: That's perfect sense. Thank you so much for explaining that.
1: Really yeah, absolutely. Happy to do it. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Um, you know, Carville, I think, uh, who remains deeply engaged when it comes to the political map, uh, is already warning people that they shouldn't get their hopes up on the Senate next year. Uh, Democrats, of course, would love it because they think they could spark a Supreme Court fight uh, with Ruth Bader Ginsburg or someone, or at least stop some of the judicial picks. But right now, the Democrats are doing their best to keep all the judicial picks tied up. Uh, you know, the the White House and Congress, the other day, they released a report estimating it could take 11 years to appoint all of the people the president has already nominated, because the Democrats are in the Senate, even without a filibuster to help them, are blocking every way they can all of his nominees It is 55 after the hour it's Eric Erickson here let's go back to the phones Jerry and John's Creek you're next
0: Hey Eric enjoy the show Thank you Question question is could all of this coverage of the Russia Russia,
1: Russia, wear out the Democratic voters and they fail to show up in the midterms, thereby giving the Republicans more houses both in the Senate and, and yeah, the, uh, Listen, it is very possible. Uh, and, you know, part of me thinks the Democrats are sabotaging themselves by doing this because I don't think there's a there there. In fact, there's some breaking news at this moment, Jerry, that Jared Kushner has agreed to testify before the Senate Intelligence Committee on Monday. It's going to be behind closed doors. You've got, um, in full public view, Manafort and Donald Trump Jr. on Thursday before the Senate Judiciary Committee. I don't think there's a there there. And the fact that the Democrats have built their entire campaign against Donald Trump up as uh, the Russians stole the election for him, and there's no proof of that at all, and I don't think they're ever going to have proof of it. When you get to next year, you're going to have a lot of disappointed Democrats, and they're going to be disappointed at their own side uh, that uh, they weren't able to expose what they know to be so, because it's really not so. So much of the Democratic campaign to take back power is premised on things that are not true. I do not think you will ever find evidence that the Russians collaborated with Donald Trump to steal the election. I don't even think that meeting with Donald Trump Jr. shows that. I don't think it will show that. I think this is just a lot of BS.